This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. So good to hear. I'm really excited to be here. Is anybody else excited to be here? Are you just here because you just have to be? Some of you might be here because you have to be. That's okay. It'll happen. Hopefully, yeah, you do have to be here now. I guess you could quit. <laughs> well, whether you hear you are here because you want to be or because you have to be. Hopefully, this message will mean something to you. Hopefully, we'll get something out of it. And if not, hopefully, you just have a decent time. That'd be right. That'd be pretty cool, right? So how many of you have a favorite sport to watch? Okay. Okay. Nice. How many of you have a favorite sports team? Okay. Cool, cool. So maybe you're somebody who has a jersey, maybe an autograph, your favorite player, you never miss a game. How many of you, like, love a team that much? Like, you're into it. Hmm. Not as many, but we got a few. How many of you have, like, a favorite movie series, maybe? Like, movies you just love. Maybe you have, like, posters of the movies. You have seen every single one of them more than you can count. Got people like that, yeah? Yeah. How many, maybe you have a favorite, do you have a favorite actor or actress maybe, or you just like the movie? A couple? Okay. What about, what about music? Who has like a favorite artist? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler says no. He's sports and movies, no music. I'm a big music guy. I also am a big movie guy. I'm also a big sports guy. I just like to do a lot of stuff that wastes a lot of time. Well, whichever one that it is, whether you are really into a sports team, you have a favorite player, maybe you have a favorite actor, actress, favorite movie, favorite musician or band, whatever it is, I want you to think about like just the best experience for just a second. So think about maybe the best game that your team has ever played. Like they 
just, they scored a ton of points, maybe they scored a ton of runs, whatever it was, they were super good that day. Or maybe there was that movie that you waited forever to see. Like you'd just been waiting, you'd seen the previews, it didn't, it was not supposed to come out for like another year, and it finally is in theaters, and you got to see it. Or think about that maybe a concert from an artist that you absolutely love, and you got to go to it, and you got to hear him sing or she sing, and it was just awesome. Like it was just an absolute best of the best experience. Think about for a second, like how you felt during that, during that game, during that movie, during that song. Hearing your favorite artist sing your favorite song or seeing your favorite scene in the best movie you've ever watched or watching one of your favorite plays ever in a game. Like, did you, like, you felt excited, right? Like, that's an exciting feeling. You didn't, you didn't just sit there and you weren't just like, hmm, well, good show. Good show, good show. That's cool. No, you probably, you probably jumped up a little bit. Maybe you got excited. Maybe you yelled. Maybe, maybe you sang and danced along with the music. Or when that scene came on, you looked at your buddy next to you and you were like, what? This is awesome. This is awesome. Like your reaction on the outside probably mirrored what you were feeling on the inside. It matched an emotion on the inside of you. And your response was that action that we got to see, and everyone got to witness it. You were responding to what you saw. You weren't thinking about how you were supposed to react. Like, you weren't, wait, what am I supposed to do? They just scored. No, you just automatically, your emotions brought it out of you. You knew you were excited, and you wanted to show it. So, for example, many of you might already know, but if you don't, I am a really, like I said, I, I really like music, I like sports, I love movies, but what takes the cake for me is I love Kanye West. Absolutely love him. Some of you may hate him, and that's part of why I love him. I love, I love to just be fans of people that other people can't stand just because, maybe I like to argue, maybe it says more about me than it says about you. But so he has, like I said, he has a fair share of controversy over the years, but let's just put that aside for a second. I'm a huge fan. I love art. I love music. And I think this guy just embodies, like, performance art. He goes all out. But regardless, I got to go see this listening event a couple weeks ago in Chicago where Kanye was performing. And, man, let me tell you, I was so excited. One of the most exciting nights of my life. I actually shed a small tear when the music started to play. And if you don't believe me, ask TiVo. He was with me. Yeah. But despite how hard I tried, I couldn't keep like my emotions inside. I was so excited. I just, I was so happy to be there. I finally got to see my favorite artist. And it was just one of the most exciting experiences of my life. I was dancing, singing, just excited, right? So Hang in here with me for just a second. Instead of thinking about your favorite team, instead of thinking about your favorite movie series or an artist, I want you to think about God for just a second. Just think about God, and here's why. All throughout this series, Habits, we've been talking about something 
that, that might seem strange or weird to us about forming these habits so we can better connect with God. We've been talking about how we can love and connect with an invisible God, a God we can't see. How we can build these habits into our lives. That way, we feel like we can actually get to know God better. We can relate to God better. And it happens naturally because we form these habits in our lives. And today we're going to talk about something that we do almost every time we're in church. We've already done it a little bit tonight, and we'll do it a little bit after. And we're talking about something that it might look weird to people that are outsiders, people who aren't familiar with church, but it's something that if we better understand it and better utilize it, it can help us to know God in a completely new way. And today we're going to talk about worship. And a lot of us would describe worship as being, you know, that time at the beginning of church service when the band comes out and we spend our time singing to God or about God, right? And that may not seem weird to people who have been in church for a while, but a lot of people, the idea of singing to God seems like a little strange. Like it's one thing for us to sing along with our favorite artist, but we're singing to God seems kind of weird sometimes, especially to people who haven't been around it. Like we may have been to concerts, sung at the top of our lungs, sung in the shower, but those songs are usually about somebody getting their heart broken, or about getting money, or going out with friends, right? Like, that's the kind of music we usually are singing out loud about. So when it comes to singing songs to God, or the other things that we see people do during a designated worship time, it can sometimes feel weird, or strange, or uncomfortable. You may find yourself asking these kind of questions, right? Think about it for a second, and if any of these resonate with you, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it for a second. Maybe you ask questions like, why, why do people raise their hands in church? If I do decide to raise my hand, right, so like I decide I'm going to join in with the crowd, when do I get to put my hands down? Like, do I do it when the guy next to me does it? Do I do it when my arms finally get too tired? Or do I fight through it till the end of the song? I don't know, Right? Or maybe you see some people cry when they sing at church. What if, what if worship never brings me to tears? Is that wrong? What if, what if I don't like the song? What if I think it's boring? What if I don't know it? Am I still supposed to sing? Like, do I have to sing this song that I don't think is any good? Am I supposed to stand up? Like, why do we have to stand up for worship? I want to sit. My legs are tired. What if, what if I don't know God? Can I still sing songs about him? Or is worship just singing? What if I'm a terrible singer? And what about the strange lyrics that they have us sing sometimes? Like, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Or, wash me in your blood. Or, there's another in the fire. Like, these are things that we've heard and worship music, and it may leave you wondering, like, why am I singing about being washed in blood that sounds terrible? How is that worship? Like, is, is that what worship is all about? Or is there more? 
Is there more to it than what meets the eye? So just like everything else that we've talked about in this series, worship is, worship is a way for us to connect to God better and love God better. It's not just something we do to fill a time slot. It's not just something that is extra because it sounds cool. It's there for us to connect to God better and love God better. At its core, worship is simply rightly responding to God. It's, it's making sure that God is the main thing in our life, our top priority, the ultimate being. Like, think about it. We respond to things all the time in our lives. Think about that sports team again, the movie, music, artists, whatever it is that you care about. Like, you probably talk about it, right? You jump around when they do well, you get sad when they fail, or you get upset when the movie or song isn't what you thought it was going to be. You let it play this significant role in your life because you care about it. We talk about the weather. We talk about when it feels good outside. We text all of our friends that TikTok that they just have to watch because it's hilarious. We respond to things all the time. It's actually not normal for us to just sit and do nothing. We usually respond to something that happens in our lives. And not only that, but we respond to things all the time without even thinking about it. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it out of a reaction, out of the emotion, whatever it is. So how many of you have ever been, been stung by a bee or a wasp? Raise your hand. Yeah. How did that feel? Good? Who said good? Somebody said good. I thought you said good. Relaxing. <laughs> Well, you guys have been stung by different bees and wasps than me, I guess. I can't say the word wasp. I say wasps. It's terrible. It's so annoying. But think about it. You, if you've been stung by a bee or a wasp, you don't have to think about it too much to respond. Like, you don't think about it for a second. You don't go, oh, that hurt. I should probably react to it. Like, you just react instantly. Or how many of you have ever like burnt your hand on a stove or something hot? Did you just leave it there? No, you probably jumped back, right? Without even thinking, most of us typically respond by yelling and moving that burning hand out of the way. Sometimes, if you're me, there's some words that you can't say at church, right? Yeah, no, never. I would never do that in pain. No. The point is, that there are some things in life that we respond to with a natural reaction because of what it did to us, right? Also, we respond to things based on our experiences. And here, here's what I mean by that. While you, you, you jump for joy when your sports team does well, when your favorite team does well, you probably didn't always do that, right? Like It wasn't just a born instinct. What probably happened is you saw somebody else do it. You saw a family member or a friend or your teammates were doing it. And then that's how you kind of learned how to respond. The point is there are some things in life that we respond to because we've observed the way others have responded to it. We see how somebody else reacts and we go, oh, maybe that's how we're supposed to do it. Whether we respond without thinking 
or our response comes from something that we've already seen before. I think we can all relate to this idea of worship in some way or another. And tonight we want to talk about it in a way that makes it about more than, more than just something we do when our team does well, or we're at our favorite artist concert and they play our favorite song. We want to talk about worship as, as it relates to God and who He is, a way that might help make it feel less weird or strange when we do it or see others do it, right? At about the middle part of the Bible, there's a book called Psalms, and the book of Psalms is, is filled with a collection of songs and poems used for worship. They were all used for worship. You could describe Psalms as almost a super important playlist of music, right? Like think of a really cool playlist on Spotify that everybody knew about. And just like a good playlist, there's a psalm for almost every kind of mood. Any mood you can think of. Songs for laughter, sadness, joy, heartbreak, wisdom, and so, so much more. And in this book, we get to see God's people worshiping him, kind of like we do here in church. And in Psalm chapter 95, we read this. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. This is, this is a very Bible-esque language, right? Like, some of you may not necessarily initially get the point. But what the writer of the psalm is saying is that they are singing because the Lord was their salvation. They were singing with thanksgiving because God actually saved them from something, because God did something. They're responding on the outside, singing because of an emotion of joy that they felt inside because of something that God had done. He'd saved his people. So they decided they weren't just going to sit there. They were going to praise him. And they were going to praise him by singing and dancing. In other words, the psalmist recognized that God was the source of this great thing that happened to them, this amazing thing that happened to them. They were saved, and they wanted him to know that they recognized him in the work he had done. In the same way, the psalmist song reminds us that nothing in the world is more deserving of our praise, of worship, than God is. Saying that there's so many things in our world that we respond to, but the one that deserves the response the most is God. So we do things like, like sing songs because music is something that helps us to take what we're feeling on the inside and demonstrate it on the outside. It puts words to our emotions and our feelings. It captures a mood that maybe we can't quite capture with just our words alone. We need music to help. Think about it. Like music, it fires us up on the field or in the weight room, or maybe it helps you do your homework or it's relaxing for you. Like music has powerful qualities to it. Music can make us happy when we've just had the worst day of our lives. Music can help us focus while we're trying to do homework. Mu mu music can even 
be played in the background of a message just like this if they were to play it. And for some reason, that just makes us focus more intently into what's being said. All of a sudden, we hear music in our minds, in our eyes. We go up and we're like, huh, what's going on? See, God created music, and God knows that music is an emotional thing. So it helps us to channel our response to who he is and what he's done. See, the reason that we collectively sing songs about God at church is to focus our emotions on him. Focus everything. Take the distractions away, everything that's happened today, anything that happened 10 minutes before we walked into the door, and take it away for a second and focus on who he is. As a group, we're declaring that we're not just a bunch of random people who meet just for the sake of meeting. We're not just coming into this building for no reason. And if you are, then what's the point, right? We're a people who worship God for who he is and what he's done. But worship's not, worship's not just about emotion. There's a lot of emotion in it, but it's also about humility. So whether you are worshiping privately or in a group, worship is this way of declaring, declaring to God that he is greater than we are. It's declaring to God that he's bigger and better than we could ever even imagine. See, worship focuses our attention in one direction and one direction only. It points us to God. However, music isn't the only way that we can worship. It's not the only way available for us to worship God. In fact, a guy by the name of Paul writes about worship in a completely different way. And Paul says this in Colossians. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So in other words, yes, worship is singing songs, right? We did it before this message. We're used to it. We do it every, almost every tribe night. If you're here on Sunday mornings or Friday nights, there's always worship by the action of singing songs, right? But worship is also bigger than that. It's bigger than just singing a song. It's a way to live in light of who God is. It's not just about music. It's not even just about emotion. Worship is about Choosing to live for God. It's about responding to who he is and what he's done in every single area of our life. Not just on Sunday mornings when we sing, not just on Friday nights, not just here. It's with every action. That's what real worship is. It's about getting God out of the church box and seeing him as a part of everything that we do. Every single thing. And when we see worship this way, I think you can begin to see just how powerful that it actually is. Because worshiping God helps us to get to know him better. Because worshiping God includes saying and repeating what we know is true about who God is. It reminds us of who he is and what he's already done and what he's going to do. And let's be honest, we could all use a little reminder of some good things in our life sometimes, a reminder of how good God is, a reminder of what he's done. Sometimes we forget, and you don't mean to, 
We just get caught up in life. Things get busy. But that's what worship is for. It's to recenter us, to refocus us. So whether, whether your worship is through singing, praying, serving, reading, walking, I mean, I just named multiple things, and there's so many more that could be named. Anything. Remember that all of it is a chance to acknowledge who God is and what he's done. Like That's worship. That's a habit worth getting into in life, right? It's easy to say, I don't really like to sing, or I don't really like to raise my hands or do this. But it's not so easy to sit there and say that you don't like to do anything, right? Like, if worship can be in everything that we do, we don't really have an excuse. It kind of takes the excuse out of it. So this week, I want us to work on changing the way that we think about worship. Change it from just being a 15-minute time slot on Sundays. Let's try to see it instead as a time slot in our everyday. Everything you do every day can be an act of worship because everything you do every day can be a response to God and who he is. And Ben, you can make your way back on up as I finish up here. But here, here's some ideas on how you can get started. They're simple, and it's a way to apply this concept into your lives starting today. And the first one is to just make whether you use Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever it is, you, maybe you just listen on YouTube. I don't know how you listen to music, right? But however it is, maybe just make a playlist of worship music and listen to it as you work, study, run, whatever it may be. Choose to listen to that music and fill your mind with it. Fill your heart with it. And secondly, pick an activity that you love to do an activity that you love to do each day this week, and instead of just completing it to get it done, instead of just doing it because you enjoy it, do it as an act of worship. Like, find ways to do that activity in a way that honors God. Maybe you pick sports practice, right? You have practice multiple days a week, and you choose to be extra encouraging to your teammates as a way to honor God. Maybe you choose to use your chores as an act of worship. You don't, may not want to, but you choose to thank God for the dishes that you wash as an act of worship or to just not complain to your parents as an act of worship. You're basically choosing one activity a day and turning up the volume on God just for that activity. Just give it a shot. It might seem weird at first, a little bumpy, but just give it a shot. And third, pay attention to the things that get your attention. See some, if you see something that's just beautiful, you're outside, you see something that's just beautiful, a sunset, whatever it may be, acknowledge God for being the one that's behind it. Enjoying time with your friends maybe, 
Remember that God created relationships and wants you to enjoy them. See, every single experience that you have this week, use it as a chance to learn more about who God is and what God is like. No matter what you end up doing or where you end up doing, whether it's at school, your home, or somewhere else in this community, make that your place of worship. It doesn't have to wait until Sunday night or Sunday morning. You can do it everywhere. It honors God when you do everything as if you're working for the Lord, because we are, right? And when you do everything in response to God, you're worshiping Him. When you worship Him, you begin to live how He lives. When you begin to live how He lives, then you know Him better. And I think we all want to get to know Him just a little bit better. Worshiping God helps us to know Him better. Worship isn't only about when we sing, but singing together is a great way to worship, and that's what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to spend a little extended time, maybe, than what you're used to in worshiping a little bit. Maybe you're super used to it and you love it. Maybe it's something that you're not super fond of. But what I ask is just for these few minutes that you try to open up your heart, open up your mind, and just give it up to God. Give it up to the one who created you. Give it up to the one who says he loves you, the one who died for you, the one who put everything it is that's around you. Let's just take a few minutes and actually worship. I just go through the motions, not just sit here because we were told we had to be here, but to worship the creator. And I think if we can do that, if we can change our perspective on worship just a little bit, where it's not just something that we have to do, not just something that we say, that's what you do at church. We do it because we want to and because we love God and because we want to worship him. It changes everything. So let's do that for just a few minutes. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so, so, so much for this building that you've given us so we can meet and worship you. I thank you for the opportunity that we get every Sunday night to sit in this room and just declare how great you are. I pray that as this night goes on, that we would buy into that idea, that we wouldn't just go through the motions, but we would worship you with our whole hearts. And then after tonight, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the rest of this year, Lord, that we would worship you with everything that we do, not just with our singing, not just with what we're told we have to do on Sunday, but we would do it with everything that we have and in everything that we do because we love you. And I pray that all in your name.